grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We focus our attention on these words from Luke chapter 3, verse 18. So with many other exhortations, he preached good news. This is the word of the Lord. Two weeks ago, I had the opportunity to return to the first congregation I served. I was invited to preach there for a special occasion. It's the first time I've been back to preach. It's where I was ordained 25 years ago. My, our oldest is off in college. Our youngest is a senior in high school. He never lived there, so he didn't go. So it was a time for my wife and I to drive down memory lane, literally. Place where we have our, where we met. In fact, Thursday was 25 years ago that we had our first date. So it was a, a joy to be back, but it's also taken me through a lot of thinking about our relationship over the years. See, a few months after we met, we were engaged. I don't know if. Men, if you experience this, but the time of engagement and planning of a wedding is a very, it's a very dangerous time period for a man. Because if your fiancé asks you your opinion and you show no interest and give no response beyond the manly grunt, that's wrong. But I also learned that actually having an opinion and saying what I thought was not necessarily the right thing either. It was a tough period. The Lord has blessed our life together. We've been married for 23, going on 24 years now. And I don't go down that road particularly often anymore. Except... My daughter's boyfriend came home with her this summer, and he wanted to ask me a question. <clears throat> Could he marry my daughter? And now I'm thrust back into the same difficult scenario of being asked all kinds of questions and not sure whether anybody really wants to hear what I have to say on the subject once again. Speaking and people not wanting to hear it, it's nothing new for pastors and prophets. St. John the Baptist follows in a long line of prophets who are sent by God to proclaim his word. And that proclamation always involves calling sinners to repentance. And guess what? We don't like people showing us our sin. No, no, no. We're far more comfortable when the prophets, when the apostles, when the preachers are talking about other sins. Oh, you know how it goes. When the pastor stands up here and talks about all those sinners in Hollywood, give it to them, preach. Give it to them. How about Washington? Do we have any sinners in Washington? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
it starts getting a little too close to home. Then it's a little awkward. It's a bit uncomfortable when the hearers are told that they are sinners too. That they have rebelled against God and His word. And this is a lot more than just, I don't really like the color dusty rose. Yeah, I had an opinion on that. I didn't know there was such a color. This is far more serious because we have sinned against God in thoughts, in words, and deeds. We've sinned by what we've done and by those things that we have left undone. God has, throughout the generation, sent his prophets of every age to proclaim God's word law. Call sinners to repent. God's judgment against sin. And we don't like it very much when he's talking about my sin. And for speaking such words, the prophet suffered. Jeremiah was thrown into the cistern. Elijah flees into the desert, running away from Queen Jezebel. Others die. The persecution goes on and on. John the Baptist has the gall to stand before the crowds and call them a brood of vipers to tell them that God could raise up for himself children from the stones, children of Abraham. No one could escape the law that was preached by John the Baptist. He convicts the soldiers, the tax collectors, the religious leaders, and even the king. He would preach the law even to King Herod. The law in all its severity. And while John doesn't fall victim to the sword on this day, he would perish for proclaiming God's word that can be uncomfortable. And more than that, a word that convicts. When St. Luke introduces John the Baptist in his gospel, he quotes Isaiah chapter 40. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. But that prophecy from Isaiah 40 begins with these words. Comfort, comfort my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. It's a message that is important enough that it bears repeating. We find it throughout the scriptures. The third week in Advent, we often get rejoice in the Lord, always. Again, I say rejoice. If it's important, then it bears repeating. Guess what? The message of God's word of comfort and hope is important. And not only does it bear repeating, it's what you hear week after week. No matter what things are going on in your life, this is a place where we can come to hear God's word of comfort.
that are quiet, where nobody moves around in the pews. I'm not saying that any of you are getting slow in your old age, but I go to a lot of churches where there's no, no longer Cheerios in the pews, where you never hear cars that are rolling. I'm thankful we had a church where we could hear those things. Let me tell you what else happens in church, what we want to have happen in church. is God's people to hear that he loves them. And that he, his grace and mercy are sufficient for them. These little ones, they don't know a time without this silly pandemic. While 21, 22 months for those of us with gray hair, it's not that long of a time period when you're talking about 50 years plus. For them, it's maybe most of their lives. It's been a hard few months. There's so much going on in the world, and yet, in spite of everything that's happening, in spite of a world where, where children take guns into schools, in spite of a world where where men drive through parades of dancing grandmothers, in spite of a world where there is abuse and neglect, in spite of a world where there is sin. This is a place where we know that we can come and hear God's word of unconditional love. Comfort, comfort my people is the word that God speaks to his prophets of every age. Yes, there is a word of law, a word that convicts, a word that shows us our sin. And so we come confessing our sin. We come bowing down and asking God to be merciful to me, a sinner. And God, through the prophets, speaks a word of comfort and hope to you. It doesn't matter which side is in administration. It doesn't matter what's going on in Hollywood or Washington. It doesn't matter what else is happening in the world around us. We know that we can come here and hear a word of maximum comfort. God's comfort for us. To hear is John and that's why he had gone after everybody. He had convicted everyone with the law. No one was righteous, not even one. So God also sends him to proclaim the gospel. What's literally the good news? And good news is found only in Jesus. Dear friends, I have good news for you. God loves you. He sent his son Jesus Christ as the baby born of Bethlehem, as the Christ of Calvary, as the one who rose victorious from the grave. He sent Jesus that you might be forgiven of all of your sins and that you might have a place 
is the message that brings comfort now and always. Our hearts ache. Our hearts are grieved over our sin. We know that we have fallen short of the glory of God, and yet we come into God's house and we hear his word of comfort and hope. So during Bible class, we talk about the family tree. We talk about Jesus' genealogy and how it points us to what a family really looks like. A family's a mess. Families are just messes. It's what it is. And yet, God's love and his grace is sufficient for, for your family, for my family. It's sufficient for the Trinity Lutheran Church family too. And God's love has covered over all of our sin. That's why we come for worship. From one week to the next, to be pointed to the cross, to be pointed back to Jesus Christ again and again and again. To hear a word of God's love for us. It's a beautiful thing to hear. I forgive you all of your sins. I don't know all of your sins. I'm not sure that I even know all of my own, but I know a lot of my own. And God forgives them all. For the sake of Jesus Christ, who gave his life on the cross for me. That is the comfort that I need to hear. That is the comfort that we hear again and again. That's the good news. And you're not going to get it on any of the other news networks. You're not going to hear it except through God's word. Except the message of Jesus. So dear friends, It's a word we need to hear. The word law. Even when we don't like it much. Because it's a word always spoken in love. God's desire. God's desire is that we would know that we are sinners. That we would confess our sins. And that he who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the comfort of the gospel. The comforting words that you need. And this is the work that God's been doing. John the Baptist, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Samuel, Nathan, 
Elijah. Prophets, pastors, God has been sending heralds of his word to proclaim his word of law, to speak his word of comfort and hope, the gospel, and to assure us of his eternal life. May God open our ears and our hearts to that word as it convicts and as it comforts. May we rejoice in the good news that is spoken to us during this Advent season. And as we await the second Advent, our Lord's coming again in glory to take us to be with Him now. May God grant it to us all for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. It's a library.